0: In Afghanistan today, there were celebrations as the Taliban announced a public holiday to mark the proud day of August 15th and, quote, the first anniversary of the return to power. This is how today is being marked in Afghanistan. Others are remembering it quite differently, particularly many Americans who feel that it was a chaotic, at best, exit that left many, many people behind, and 13 Americans dead. What is Afghanistan now a year after our exit? Waleed Ferris, who joins us frequently as an expert on the Middle East, is here with us today. Waleed, always great to have you on the program. If someone had been to Afghanistan a year and three weeks ago and then went there today, what would they notice different?
1: They would notice that now, unlike last year, where we saw Taliban militias taking over cities and government and uh, going, of course, after uh, many of the opposition. Today they have a regime, a full-fledged jihadi regime, way more powerful than what they had in 2001 when we moved in first, as powerful. As when iran revolution had started in 1979-80 uh, they have the equipment that no militia no jihadi militia can remove 84 billion dollars worth of american not russian not chinese american equipment uh, they have been able also i'll give you the whole list to bring in organizations that they committed they would never bring in including isis and guess who al-qaeda how did we know we just targeted the commander of al-qaeda uh, two weeks ago, so this is the reality of Afghanistan today. There is an Islamic emirate with weapons with large numbers of militiamen and with international jihadi organizations that 's what we have
0: Afghanistan to the average american has has largely been perceived as a place where other groups form and fester a place that terrorist organizations can find safe shelter and maybe operate from, but no one really has talked about Afghanistan as a country itself being a threat. Is it now? Is it on its route? Because as you say, there, there, there's no one in the way now. So the government is now reflecting the Taliban and not fighting it or, or trying to keep it off in a corner. What, has, has Afghanistan, the country, become or starting to become a threat in and of itself?
1: Mitch, that's a great point. That's probably the greatest point in the debate that we're going to have in this country for the next days and weeks. Uh, Yes, indeed. We have never seen Afghanistan becoming, you know, I call it jihadist state, meaning a country controlled by a regime that is a terrorist regime. That's what the Taliban are. Otherwise, why did we fight them for 21 years? And they're not shy about it. What they want to establish is uh, the caliphate. So, yes, now you have a terrorist network which controls airports, including international airports, which controls cities, universities. They have actually inherited the Afghan army, which was two hundred thousand strong, and all of its bases. So I could go on for the whole five minutes that you've given me, But today we have a new player in Central Asia, and that's a terrorist regime, and that's the Taliban regime of Afghanistan. It's not anymore marginal groups led by bin Laden or led by ISIS, it is actually the regime, the government.
0: Hmm. If we hadn't left there, would any of this have been inevitable?
1: No, because you know we fought a very long war. Uh, we need to be also very uh, truthful to the public. We could have left earlier. The issue is not about leaving Afghanistan. I argued, I discussed it with you, on the radio several times that by, to, by 2010, 11, we could have left, had we done what? Had we actually focused on a change in the population? We should have focused on two elements, not just on construction and reconstruction and continue to fight endlessly. And those two are the most important. One are the mothers, women, because they are the ones who are in touch with the kids from age zero to age four. So our policy of supporting women's organization, we haven't had that for 20, 21 years. So we lost many generations. We offered them to, or partially to the Taliban. Second, the second most important element are the teachers. Teachers, uh, 20,000 teachers, they speak with those young minds from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And they are the ones who actually did the change in Nazi Germany and in and in Japan. How did we do with the change? We actually reformed the schools. So Two things that we have missed, and there were strong lobbies against us doing this matter, and of course uh, taking space after space in Afghanistan, get rid of the Taliban, get the Afghan army in. I mean, the military expert will tell you what it is it that we could have done. But everything that we have not done and was not going right well is much better than what we have right now, which is a threat, a direct threat to us.
0: And life for you mentioned women. Life for women in Afghanistan now is has got to be—restrictive um, is, is, is just too fancy a word. I, I mean, it's almost prisoner-like. Can you describe it?
1: Yes, Mitch. They are describing it. In the past, when we tried to learn more about the fate of women under the Taliban before we liberated the country, it was difficult. There was no language. There was no Internet, little Internet. Now, those Afghan women— many of whom, the younger ones, were born after we actually liberated Afghanistan. They know English. They are expressing themselves on YouTube and social media. So all I'm saying right now has been said and is being said by them, both inside the country and outside the country. They are devastated. They cannot go to school. Young girls cannot go to school. Not just not, just not go, go to a girl's school, but not go to school, period. Uh, their rights have been stripped completely. From time to time, they try to organize demonstrations. They're brutally uh, repressed. I mean, the, the, uh, the psychological feeling of women who got somewhere, who were at the edge of becoming respected and recognized, as in, let's say, Mediterranean societies, well, now are back in the dark ages. And that's even worse than mm-hmm. having not uh, known freedom before.
0: Was there a point, Doctor Ferris, where the army or the, the 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 local guys could have maintained that army and been able to defend themselves? And now, do you think those that group of people is regretting the decisions for you know not really fighting for that country?
1: I think the fight would have gone on for for a while, but the Afghan army was well equipped. Actually, all administrations. I'm saying every administration, such as George Bush and Obama, and uh, Trump, of course, and now, even Biden before the transfer of power, said, "We have a strong army. they need to do more operations against the, the Taliban. There'll always be terrorism. We have terrorism here. We have a guy who you know was 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 influenced by iran to 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 kill an author in New York. I mean that's here and in New York. so terrorism will continue to be, but to transfer an entire country that we have worked so much on and with like this to the Taliban, and they have not even responded to any of the conditions they committed to they said there will be no al-qaeda there will be no isis people will have freedom none of that list was achieved who are we kidding here
0: yeah well biden thought you know we can work with them yeah that's how well we work with them i'd be remiss if i did not ask you before we let you go mm-hmm. your your uh thought on on what did happen in chautauqua to new york and on friday where uh, Hadi natar who is a 24 year old um from Fairview, New Jersey, but apparently when he was uh, about 20 years old, was sent to go visit his father who had divorced his mother many years earlier, who was now living somewhere in the Middle East. And according to his mother, he was a normal kind of American kid when he left. And a month later, when he came back, he was radicalized and he was screaming at her, why didn't you raise me with my Islamic faith? And you did me a disservice and I should have been this and that. And here now we see four years later, he attempts to kill a man in front of People, I mean, basically giving his life away. He had to know yeah. that he was at the very least going to be arrested and at the, and at the most perhaps shot or killed uh, for, for a fatwa that was issued before he was born. Um, yeah. Your thoughts on that and how did uh, I know you read the papers and, and, the, and the Internet and all that in the Arab world. How was that perceived in Iran? Uh, was it celebrated, et cetera?
1: Let me begin by his story so that your public at least, at least, at least knows more than most of the public. Uh, yes, it's true. He was born and raised in America. He was an okay guy. You know, We don't know how happy he was or unhappy, but he was not a jihadist. And then he went to meet his father in Lebanon in the Hezbollah area. Hezbollah is the ally of Iran. And he was radicalized. He was indoctrinated there. I don't know if he stayed one month. I don't know if he continued to be radicalized online. These are information we don't have. But the click, what we call the click, the mental click happened there. He Mm -hmm. came back very angry, very frustrated. You know, you should have told me more about religion. It's not about Islam as a religion. It's about the jihadi ideology that Hezbollah and the jihadists are embedding in the mind of these people. So that's it. He became a robot. From that point on, there is nothing to discuss with him because he subscribed completely to this ideology. Now, obviously, the Iranian regime since 1979 had issued this uh, fatwa, and obviously those who follow the line of Imam Khomeini and his supporters in Lebanon and Hezbollah will pick and choose any fatwa they want and then would execute it, thinking that he'll become a hero. And guess what? Answering your second question, to the regime in Iran, to those militias, yeah, he's a hero, and they're encouraging more of these uh, Khomeini, they call them, or jihadists, to do the same. They have been targeted. Mitch, inside the United States, not just this uh, poor author, who, of course, is not even protected well, but they've been targeting high up in the U.S. administration, the past U.S. administration, John Mm. Bolton and uh, the former Secretary of State. So this is very serious. And I hope that the administration, that the agencies are taking this very, very seriously.
0: Well, Ed Ferris, expert in the Middle East, always a pleasure to talk to you and very enlightening. Thank you for coming on with us.
1: Thank you, Mitch, for having me.
0: Thank you. It's 760 WJR.